Hello. Hello and welcome. It's Trucking Answers and I'm Mark, your almost famous host for Trucking Answers podcast. And I'm here with Gracie, my co-host, and she's out looking at the birds right now, but she may hear something and run back in here and bite my feet because she has something to say. This is the trucking podcast that other trucking podcasts listen to to see what they should be talking about and what they should be saying. Today we will have an unabridged episode, so we'll have some trucking news, some automotive news, and yet another reason why we do not live on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? That's right, because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot, moronic people that live on this planet that do dumb things, and we have to waste our tax dollars providing them with dry cheese sandwiches or in some other way support them or tolerate their stupid impish childish behavior and so we can't get to mars where we should be living the population of the planet should be huge but it isn't it's basically just schwarzenegger living there and some other weird people with uh, you know that look weird so today we're also going to talk about some other things because it's a podcast and i can talk about whatever i want to because it's my podcast which is pretty nice (laughs) but um here's the thing uh For those of you that don't know, I also have a Trucking Answers YouTube channel. But on YouTube, there are a bunch of, um, I don't know, let's say left-leaning people that are, quote, fact-checkers, unquote. um, Which means that if they don't like your opinion on something, they immediately ban you. They can stop your video, mute it, um, cancel the video, or actually, um, you know, throw your whole channel off of YouTube. And that is a real thing. So some things I'd like to talk about I don't get to on there. For that reason, I don't go to the government and complain about it and say, hey, they should, they're censoring me, which they are censoring me, because uh, it's their purview to do that. You're on there. But in a podcast, you own your podcast. I own the stream. Uh, I pay for it. Okay. Podcasts are not free like it is on YouTube, and I uh, actually don't receive any revenue from the podcast. It's uh, paid by me, and I can host the stream wherever I want, take it here or there. And that's how podcasts work. So you get to say more things than you would otherwise. Uh, Look at Joe Rogan, okay, and his podcast. So it's much harder for someone to uh, claim a problem here on the podcast. So let's get into a few things that are on my mind outside of trucking that uh, it's going to be like Festivus. I got a lot of stuff on my mind, and you people are going to hear about it. It's like Festivus in June here today. So uh, sit back, put it in the big hole, and uh, relax. Always with the seatbelt on, naturally. So um, let's see what we're doing here. First off, uh, our uh, wonderful president, Joe Biden, who is a known truck driver, as we all know, is proposing proposing a gas tax holiday. Now, um, I did read today that it is for gas and diesel. Okay, so for those of you that buy your own diesel, it will be for gas and diesel if it goes through. Now, gas is 18.4 cents a gallon, and diesel is 24.4. People think there's all these taxes on fuel, and there are, but they're state taxes. Federal tax is really not that high on it, although, um, you know, any amount is theft, of course, is what I say. But um, 18.4 cents for your car, which today, again, it's $4.99 here in beautiful Lafayette, Indiana, as we are in uh, just into summer here. And diesel will be 24.4 cents, which I haven't looked at the price of diesel in a while. Either way, that's what would come off of it. And he's proposing it for three months. All right. But it's still got to get through Congress. And uh, ironically, um, you know, it's just a gimmick. <clears throat> you know who said that? Not me, although I do think it's a gimmick. Do you know who said it's a gimmick? And as a quote, that is an actual quote, <laughs> Barack Obama. That's right. He said, having a gas tax holiday is a gimmick because remember when he was in office gas was also very high so he said 
it's a gimmick. I love that. I love it. I love it. So maybe we should, uh, you know, follow his advice. It is just a gimmick to get reelected. They're basically buying your vote with tax money. 18 cents uh, a gallon is not a lot. Even if you use 20 gallons a week, that's $3.60. All right, a week. Oh, for three months. Oh, my gosh. He put $20 in my pocket. So, look, don't be fooled by this kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. And, by the way, the 4th of July this year, AAA is expecting record travel by car, okay, or vehicle. Now, if gas prices were actually a real problem for a lot of people, would there be record travel in vehicles? I don't think so. You know, I just don't see it. I don't see it. And I have no plans on the 4th of July to go anywhere. But I do know some people do travel. I don't go to the fireworks show or anything. Heck, in my extreme upper 30s, I'm usually asleep before the fireworks go off. They wake me up. So uh, I can't do that. But, but I think the 4th is a Monday this year too, right? So that'll be good. It'll be a nice long weekend. Paid holiday. Everybody should be getting a paid holiday for that. As I say, a full day's pay. Holiday should pay a full day. That's a holiday. So... Either way, that's what they're proposing. They're proposing. So what else we got going on here? All right, so Cosby. Bill Cosby's in the news again. Remember Bill Cosby, right? The father on Family Ties or whatever. And, uh, okay, somebody's going to write to me about that. MarketTruckingAnswersNation.com. This this is just, what is happening to him is just wrong. All right, hear me out. So a woman sued him in civil court for emotional distress because he uh, sexually assaulted her so she says all right and by the way he he didn't do that you know why he didn't do that because in america you are innocent until proven guilty all right in a court of law a criminal court otherwise you are innocent so until he's proven guilty he's innocent just like everybody else gets their innocence until they're proven guilty period period all right so he he's never been proven on this in a criminal court so he didn't do it but there's a lower standard of um you know guilt required in a civil court so she won five hundred thousand dollars but here's what i don't like about this this happened in 1975 and she's just bringing it up now that's what i don't like about it okay that she said she was 16 in 1975 she is 64 now and she's just bringing it up now and that isn't right to do to bill cosby or anybody else people you shouldn't be able to bring stuff up all those years where have you been oh has this bothered you all these years it didn't bother you enough to bring it up it bothers her enough to bring it up now that there's some money i would give you here's how i would do it i'd give you until your 20th birthday or two years whichever is longer Okay, that's how I would do it if you were uh, underage like this. 20th birthday or two years. Well, Mark, people are still young then. Hey, if people are adults when they're 18, they can go to court when they're 18. They can talk to the police when they're 18. I don't want to hear about it. All right. People shouldn't have to wait 50 years, basically 40 years. And then, oh, oh, somebody comes out of the woodwork. How do you defend yourself against that? She says, yeah, we were here in this room, and uh, he did this, and he goes, no, I didn't. I mean, that's it. Well, what do you do? How do you defend yourself? It isn't right. Just bringing stuff up like that against people, no matter who it is, is not right. You had your opportunity, okay? I would have given her then basically four years almost because she said she was 16. So she would get 
two years or until her 20th birthday, whichever is longer. And she would get the same opportunity as everybody else. But some states said, well, you know, we have to just believe people. And so they just get their whole life to bring this up. That's not right to do to people. That's not right to do to the defendant, which in this case is Bill Cosby. So I don't agree with this. And, uh, you know, I wish I'd have been on the case. I don't know if it was a jury case or not. I wouldn't have let her do it. I'd have been like, nope, uh, absolutely not. And uh, you got to stick to your guns in those jury rooms, you know, as I've talked about my jury experience here, because you just get bullied by the other jury members because they want to leave. But you got to stick to your guns, stick to your guns because you're getting that sweet jury duty money at $40 a day plus validated parking here in Tippecanoe County, Indiana. So pretty nice. They validate and you get your money. But either way, look, this isn't right. Whether you have validated parking or not, to bring this up to, against somebody that was done supposedly in 1975, and we don't know what happened back then. Okay, we don't know. The memories fade. I don't know what I was doing a couple days ago. How do I? I don't remember what was happening in 1975. Well, being in my extreme upper 30s, I wasn't born yet, certainly. But uh, you know, that's why I can't remember. But still, still, it's not right. It just isn't right to do to people. All right, we need to do better in the United States. Speaking of, we need to do better. Chicago's in the news again. The mayor, who, as I said on my live show, is a very good-looking woman. I mean, super nice. Um, <laughs> the police now in Chicago are not going to chase people. Okay, that's awesome. So under most circumstances for minor crimes, as it says in the article, they will not chase you. So what does that mean? It means you can commit minor crimes and start running and the cops won't chase you. That's pretty good. She said, you know... Some people run from the police, you know, just because they run from because they're afraid of the police. Why would that be? Who tells you to be afraid of the police? If you, even as a teenager or whatever, if you've done nothing wrong, why are you just running for there's a cop, I better go running. That's somebody you, do, you should chase. If somebody, I've always thought the opposite, right? If you commit a crime and you're being chased by the cops and you won't stop, they should shoot you. All right. It's simple as that because you're risking the lives of the public. And what they were, what this article is saying is that. Well, you know, the same thing, Mark. Well, they're risking the lives of the public being chased. Right. So shoot them. Shoot them right off the road. Bump them off the road. Run them into, run into whatever. Because people need to know that if you run from the cops, it's going to be very bad for you. Okay. You might lose your life. And then less people would run from you here. Now the cops are saying, hey, if you run from us, I mean, we're just going to let you go. You know, just take off, whatever. You know, it's just ridiculous. This is what we've come to in society now. Is this what you wanted when you voted for the current um, administration? Crime, crime doesn't matter. It's just do whatever you want. You know, just a, you know, hippie society of, uh, you know, just do anything. Cops can't chase you. It must be so frustrating to be an officer. I'm kind of glad I never did get into that. Even though I have, you know, my grandfather, police lieutenant, dad, also an officer till he was shot in line of duty. And uh, I said duty until he uh, so so he medically retired from the force. And um, I'm glad I didn't do it because today it must be very, very frustrating for the police to know oh, it can't chase anybody. And even when they do arrest them, they get right back out. They're back out on the street. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. All that stuff should way change, way change. You know, it's about time to crack down on criminals instead of <laughs> instead of the rest of us who are trying to live our lives. Now, I can't even go outside. I got to be. Uh, you know, strapped up guns, knives all over the place, boot knives, guns, you know, uh, martial arts, everything else just to go outside and, uh, you know, walk around anymore. It's just ridiculous. I'm out there like a freaking ninja running around 
squaring up against everybody. You never know what's going to happen. Holy mackerel. So, so that's funny. Me in a ninja outfit. That'd be pretty funny. So, um, Dartmouth. I've heard of Dartmouth College, Ivy League College. So they say, oh, you know what? We're not going to have any federal loans anymore for people because we want people to go out and do good in the world. And they can't go out in the world if they have all these student loan debts. I'm so sick of student loan debt. So I went ahead and looked up on the old internet. Thank you, Al Gore. What is the average student loan debt that a person leaves a four-year college with? Well, you have any idea how much it is? It, I thought it was way more the way all these pinhead goofballs are griping about 22-year-olds. Oh, I can't pay my student loans. I got to live in my mom's basement. I thought it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what the government says? $32,731 is the average debt that the average person leaves a four-year college with in the United States. That's it. $32,731. Holy crap, that's nothing. My conversion van 20 years ago was that much money that we bought. Cripes. Uh, anyway, so what would that cost to pay back? Well, it's 6%, and for five years, that's $6.32 a month. For eight years, it'd be four thirty. All right, that's 100 bucks a week, $100 a week. That is a couple of hours a week of Uber, and you've paid your student loan debt off. 10 years, if you took that loan for 10 years, which would be a super long time, it's 363 a week to pay that loan off. Are you telling me you have a college degree, and you and really, you're 22, so if you're smart, uh, presumably you're smart, you went to college, even Dartmouth, Dartmouth, <laughs> You are smart enough to not have a bunch of other debt. So what you do, you go live in a little apartment. Okay, and I looked up here in Lafayette. You can get a one-bedroom in Lafayette for around $600 a month, $550 to $650 or so in Lafayette. And uh, you get a used car, right, an inexpensive used car, and you pay this debt off. And in five years, it's $632. Rather than having a huge car payment, you could pay this debt off and be done with it. Even at a regular... You know, any kind of job, because you can go out, certainly with a college degree, it would seem like you can get $20 an hour or more, almost anywhere. Heck, you can get $18 an hour just walk in the Amazon warehouse in Lebanon. So you should be able to do better than, uh, you know, some meth head that walks in to work at the Amazon warehouse. You should be able to do better than that, you know. So that's 800 a week. You ought to be able to do 800000 bucks a week. No problem. You can pay your bills. No problem. 32,731 is what these people are griping about that. All right. That's what they're griping. And last summer I went out and looked at a Jaguar. So I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. I don't say about people. You can't pay. You can't pay $32,000. Go get a freaking job. <laughs> so uh, that's where we are on that. And I thought this was pretty interesting. So Central Florida Transport, Central Florida Transport. They have a over 100% turnover rate, and so they're upset about it. And now we know a lot of jobs in Florida don't pay much. And, of course, this article didn't say what they pay, and they just can't understand it. So what they do, what they have now is a driver advocate. They hired someone whose full-time job is to advocate for the drivers to the company. You can call this person, uh, talk to him, whatever. I got this issue. I got that issue. And they go talk to the company, and then the company responds or whatever. Anybody, does that sound familiar to anybody listening to this? Do you know what that person used to be? A shop steward. That's right. That's right. These companies want every kind of benefit 
from a union, except for the drivers to actually unionize so they can just fire them on the spot. And then drivers, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, this is a great idea of a, a driver advocate. <laughs> you could already have a driver advocate. Call the Teamsters. Okay, and your shop steward is your advocate. You go to them. Hey, you know what? This is not right. This truck needs to be fixed or whatever. And they go to the company. Go, hey, they're finally got a grievance here. You got to fix this freaking truck. You can't drive with two lights on and all this. So fix the truck. You know that's what that's what it used to be. And I know I harp about unions a lot here, but you know what? When drivers were unionized in the seventies, they were making, uh, you know, a hundred grand then. That's over $300,000 now. So you think your $80,000, $100,000 pay that you're making now is good. It isn't. It isn't. It's a third of what drivers used to make. Think about that. You're making a third of what they used to make. We are way underpaid from what it was. And do you think companies didn't make money then? Uh, no, they made money. Do you think shippers didn't make money? No. Everybody made money. Was everybody was paid well? And everybody made money. So I don't want to hear about it. You can get a driver advocate at any company that you work at by simply unionizing that company. And then you will have a shop steward to talk to and have a, your problems settled that way. Now, this person goes beyond that. They are more of a also and not just an advocate, but a concierge. Because you can call them and they'll schedule appointments for you. They'll schedule your car to be worked on. They'll schedule medical appointments for you. All this kind of thing. They'll kind of do, they're kind of like a concierge slash driver advocate, according to them. And they said it's working out great. Of course, they could take that whatever they pay that person, spread it around to the drivers too. But, you know, heaven forbid we pay drivers more. Although they said they have raised wages, which does need to happen in Florida. I see a lot of jobs down there not paying anywhere near what they should. I saw one for thirteen fifty an hour and I thought, who would even call that place? Stop calling places that don't pay anything. Don't even give them the time of day. All right, their phone needs to sit there with cobwebs on it for these low-paying jobs. So a driver advocate, maybe that could be coming to a company near you. Do you want a driver advocate at your company? Why don't you go tell them, hey, look at this Central Florida Transport. It works so good. I'll be the driver advocate here. Maybe they'll pay you eighty grand to sit in an office or whatever. It doesn't say what they pay them, but that's what I think that person should at least get. And then you can go advocate for the drivers at your company. I wish there was a strong advocate at each company that would go in and say, hey, you can't do this and you're not going to do this. Of course, I wish all drivers did that at their company. I think trucking would be a lot different than it currently is. Pennsylvania is working on updating its laws for autonomous vehicles and they're debating it right now. And of course, what they said, oh, well, we have a couple places that are headquartered here and provide $250 million of you know, tax revenue for the state. And so, of course, money, naturally money. But one person said, hey, uh, one of the people, D from wherever, which I don't think that matters in this case. So, but I said it anyways, because it must matter. He says, no, you know, we need to be able to make sure that the regular Joe, whoever that is, in case your name is Joe, I guess, who has a driving job will continue to be able to have a driving job. So for me, it's a no, he says. And I'm like, that's the dumbest reason I've ever heard to uh, do something. You don't, the government doesn't get to guarantee a job. I don't like that. I don't like it that way at all. A more free market on that. If autonomous trucks take over, then people don't have jobs. It's just as simple as that. The government shouldn't stifle technology just so people can have a job that's going away. All right. We still, we don't do that. You know, we don't do that with other jobs. There's tons of robots at factories. Should the government have stopped that? And you cannot have a robot work in a factory because it's taking somebody's job. No. 
course not. You know, it's the it's how the free market, it's how the economy works. Your job may or may not be there for a certain length of time. Now, I understand a lot of truck drivers would have a def difficult time getting another job, but that is not a reason to keep that job. You don't hold technology back. Remember, um, well, I don't know, the Middle Ages? <laughs> so um, Spanish Inquisition, right? We don't want we don't want ideas. We don't want technology. We don't all that. We don't want all that quashed. Okay, by the government because somebody needs a job. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I think you, me, everybody, and every industry really should always be ready at any moment to move to the next thing. Always be ready to move to the next thing. Now, what you can do, the first jobs gone are long haul interstate. That's easily the first thing that'll be done. This inner city, local, you know, they can't figure that out. Oh my gosh, they're not even close to that. They're barely able to go down a highway for three miles without a driver in there. So, first people gone, long haul drivers. That is the for because it's it's really a waste. Let's be honest for the trucking company to have the truck sit around all night. Will you sleep in it? It doesn't make anybody any money. Them, you, nobody. And then you got to run the truck and all that. It's a complete waste. Idling the truck's bad for it, just like a car. So the best use of that truck is to have it haul freight around all the time. Or if it's not hauling freight, it's parked off somewhere, turned off someplace. So the first thing to go is road. And I think the first thing to go would be teams. That's my opinion. Because that's easily taken over by a truck. A long distance, 2,000 miles. Look, just have the truck drive it across the country. Next are solos. Such a waste to have the truck sit around all those miles when it could just go get another load and leave, but it can't because what? You got to set your time ready. I'm delivering tonight at six, but I'm not going to be ready till tomorrow. Right. That's exactly correct. So what if the truck did another load overnight? Well, that would make the company more money, wouldn't it? And the truck would make more revenue for because they're expensive as it is. So they're the next people to go. Then maybe some shorter regional hops, city to city. But believe me, by the time they get the local work for what I do, no, ain't no truck doing that. Unless it can climb and work around on trailers and stuff like that. That's not happening. All right. So that's just so far in the future that I'll be long gone. Even my extreme upper 30s, I have what, 50 years left, maybe. Depends how many Big Macs I have. So um, that might cut down on a little bit. So maybe not. But still, it's going to be a long way off before local jobs and so i think you should even consider maybe if you're young like in your 20s thinking about the future you think you know what maybe i should learn some kind of skill get all your endorsements now certainly doubles tankers and, and uh it triples and learn some of these other trailers learn how to strap a load down learn how to run a tanker learn how to haul cryogenic learn how to haul uh, gigantic coils Learn how to uh, run a curtain side trailer and all so that you have specialty trailer knowledge. You know, do a drop deck a couple times, you know, learn something. Because, look, you think an autonomous truck can strap a load down? It can't do all that, right? It can't do all these other things that you'll be able to do. So you'll have some skill. And I really think everybody should do that anyways in case you need to go get another job. But, you know, haul fuel around or something. How's the truck going to do all that? Can it unscrew the thing on the ground? We're a long way from that, you know, to dump fuel in there. So these kind of specialty trailers, that's a long way. The dry van, 
you know, regular market of, you know, boxed garbage that's hauled around to warehouses millions of times a day. That's the first loads that are gone. These big, ironically, the big companies that we hate, these 10 biggest companies that haul the majority of freight around, they'll be the first ones to buy these trucks and fire people, which will do the drivers good and they can go get a job at a decent company and make some real money. So they'll be the first ones out. And then we'll, people like me, I'll be there to uh, pick the trailers up from wherever they drop them off and run them locally, go deliver, you know, on the clock plus overtime, because that's what they'll do. They'll have drayage companies. That's exactly how I think that will work. They'll have a company or many companies that will just be in business to only be power only and go pick trailers up and deliver them. And then, they'll, you know, pick loads back up and bring them back out hourly plus overtime on the clock. Simple. And uh, I'm in for it. But if you're not ready for that, then I don't know. I don't know where you're going to be. You're going to be you're going to be Kirk Cameron. You're going to be left behind. So go get ready for that. But unless you're in your early 20s, you are not going to see widespread use of autonomous trucks where they're starting to take jobs. They haven't taken really anybody's job yet that I can find. Nobody. Nobody that said we're going to let you go because this truck's going to take your job that I haven't seen that at all. Some loads are being hauled. In the hundreds of loads, probably a month, they're being hauled. That's nothing compared to the amount of loads that are hauled in the United States every single day. There are, you know, many, many thousands. So it's a ways off, but it's coming. So just be ready because, look, you could company could become Celadon. It could close. It can become Falcon. You just don't know. So you should always be ready for something and always learn as much as you can about trucking, about other kinds of trailers than a dry van. That every Don't compete where everybody else is. Go find something that people can't do don't want to do or unable to do that kind of thing go do something unusual that other people aren't doing that other people don't have the endorsements for or the experience for or just refuse to do that's where the money is even today and that's where the money will be in the future once these trucks finally come but to keep a job you know for somebody just to hold technology back what is just going to be built somewhere else it's you can't hold back the future and that's what people always want to do i'm all for people having jobs and everything like that and getting the best jobs that they can but if technology comes to take your job it comes to take your job and just a simple thing of math at the company where they go look we can have this truck run basically 24 hours a day seven days a week as long as somebody fills it back up that's all we got to do and it can just run and make us all kinds of money even more than a team it doesn't stop and shower. It doesn't need a 30-minute break. It doesn't take off on holidays or vacations. It doesn't call because its kid is sick or has had an argument with its spouse. It doesn't do any of that. It isn't mad. It doesn't have road rage, nothing. It just drives. It just drives, and that's why we are getting eliminated. It doesn't have panties on or off on the CB. It doesn't have any of those things. It just drives the truck, and that's uh, that's where the problem is in Pennsylvania. I think we're going to come around to it someday. Maybe I hope to see some of these trucks on the road. Haven't seen one in person yet. I do hope to uh, catch sight of one eventually. Now we have our sponsor minute and they also want to sponsor the live show on YouTube. So that's nice. Be sure to ask about that. We are sponsored today by a law firm and uh, they are looking for clients that have a problem. So if you are dead or have died in the last 12 months from medical malpractice, they want to talk to you. It's the law firm of Stabum, Killum, and Edom, and they want to talk to you if you are currently dead or about to be dead. If you died in the last 12 months, if you believe that medical malpractice has happened to you, 
you may be entitled to compensation, but hurry because time is running out. There are statute of limitations that work against you in these instances, but the law firm of Stabum, Killam and Edom are ready and waiting to take your call today. Be sure to call. Now remember, if you are dead and have died in the last 12 months from what you believe is medical malpractice, you may be entitled to compensation. So call now. Operators are standing by. Get in touch with them. And a licensed attorney in your area will be in touch with you to discuss your case if you are dead and have died in the last 12 months because there are statute of limitation cases. All right, so thank you for sponsoring this uh, program. That is our sponsor today and for the live show on YouTube uh, for the next show. So we appreciate sponsors keeping this show on the air. That keeps us out there and keeps us talking to the world. So here's something I've seen coming back. A number of people have written me emails recently about this. So I've been looking into it and yeah, it's coming back. It's like all the hits are coming back. Like when all the retro songs come back and stuff. But hey, when does ABBA ever go out of style? Am I right? I'm all right. All right. Take a chance on me. That's what I say. Look, there's a new trend coming back, which is an oldie, but a goodie. But uh, it's certainly back again. And that is paying less for empty miles than pay for loaded miles. I never understood this earlier when I, I used to see it. And then it kind of went away for um, all miles. And I'm going to do, by the way, I'll be doing a video about this on YouTube as well. So send to your peeps over there. See how I worked peeps into that? That's a current saying for young people. So uh, here's the thing about this. If you're being paid per mile, which I still don't like anyways, mileage pay. But if you're being paid per mile, you should get the same pay loaded or empty. And companies say, well, you know, we don't make any money in the empty miles. Well, that's your problem. Oh, you should have the truck loaded better. Uh, you know, you ought to figure that stuff out. Either way, it doesn't make any difference to me if it's loaded. I still need the same license, the same skill, the same, uh, you know, everything to drive the truck empty and loaded. Maybe it might even be a little more difficult to drive it empty depending on the weather and other conditions. So to say like, oh, well, we're going to pay a lower rate, which I'm seeing now at places do not accept that. Accept no substitutes. Okay. What the loaded and empty miles need to be the same. It needs to be high, like closing in on 70. Certainly now nothing less than 60. I don't think an experienced driver should accept. They don't have to, and you shouldn't accept less than that. But certainly uh, the more the merrier. But as, as for empty miles, which I'm seeing where it'll say, you know, uh, 65 cents loaded and, you know, 55 cents empty or 45 cents empty or something. No way. No way. No way. And when I started out at uh, Regal, they didn't pay anything for empty miles. What do you think about that? You got percentage of the load. And so if you weren't loaded, you didn't get paid. But what? I'm a stupid kid. I didn't know anything. Right. And uh, so I just accepted that. But I'll tell you what, I don't accept that anymore. And neither should you. And you don't have to. And companies, look, what is your reasoning for paying less for empty miles? I don't I just don't get it. You know, other than the revenue, which isn't my problem. I'm an employee. Okay. So if you're saying, well, we don't make any money, what if I found you a load for those miles? Would you take that load? No. Right. Oh, no. Well, we have our own people that do that. All right. Then you need to pay me. You need me to work. Then I need to get paid to work. Okay. It's just as simple as that. So all that should be paid the same. Loaded and empty miles should be the same no matter what is happening. So I wanted to talk about the new Bronco, which is out. Besides the recall where the engines are exploding on them in the first couple of thousand miles. This is the full-size Bronco. They are have done a study because they thought, oh, you know what? We're going to grab all the people from Jeep, right? And it turns out 
people that like Jeeps said, no, we're going to stick with Jeep. And so the people that are buying Broncos are all new people to the off-road segment. I love that. Off, Like any of these are going off-road. Okay, you're paying $60,000 or whatever. You think you're taking that thing off-road? They're not. Especially new people in the segment are not going off-road with this thing. So, but that's who they're attracting in there. They're attracting new people to the uh, off-roading lifestyle, which I presumably means speed bumps at the mall or where you drop your kids off because you won't let them walk to school anymore because you're afraid, all that kind of stuff. So that's where these Broncos are probably going. Remember, 18 city, 19 highway on the field mounds. Not super, uh, not super awesome, even though it's a 10-speed automatic in them. They're getting no kind of field mounds because it's a gigantic brick going through the air. And the Raptors should do even worse than that. It just came out. I haven't seen fuel economy numbers for it. You're looking at, you know, mid-70s to 80,000 for that thing. Now we're getting, you know, into, you know, territory where we can get a luxury SUV. We can go, you know, we're pushing against, a, you know, a lower-end navigator price, that kind of thing. Even, uh, you know, maybe a Range Rover, uh, you know, a two-year-old Range Rover that's certified with a warranty. You can get into it for that kind of money. So you can really get into some luxury once you're looking at 80 grand on a, you know, a Bronco that doesn't even have hubcaps on it. So that's what I'm saying for that kind of money. Maybe we want to look at something a little bit different. Now, the new uh, average new car payment has just been released. The average new car payment in the United States is now $715 a month. All right, the average new car price is forty four five fourteen, as of right now. What do you think about that? They're up like twenty percent in the last year, because because dealers are slapping all this extra money on there. I was just over getting an oil change on the old Escape, and they have some Bronco Sports sitting out close by that I was wandering around looking at. They have five thousand bucks over sticker on them, on every one of them, and you're looking at a three cylinder. Okay. You're paying, who does that? Plus, how do you get it financed? That's one thing. I guess you put the money down. But uh, paying five, you know, you're looking at some of these now are mid-40s. So like the high-end one, they, one was $46,000 there. This thing is small, right? That's a lot of money considering, you know, 5000 of it is strict profit. Now, that would go good for the salesman because they used to get 25% of the gross of the uh, gross profit. Okay, not of the gross would be great, of the gross profit. And so even if they pack the car, that five is all profit. Five. So there's 1250 right there. Would have been commission straight off the 5,000 off the top. Plus you're selling that sticker. So there's probably a couple of thousand bucks in the car, especially a high-end one, let's say 3,000. Well, even 4,000, that'd be better for, because you're at 40,000. So yeah, I could see them at 10%. So that's another grand. That'd be twenty-two fifty, commission on one car. Okay, selling it if you can get somebody to buy it. And now you don't really have to compete. It used to be people would would come in and say, "Well, I'll go shop the other dealers," and then they offered to sell to me for a hundred dollars less. There isn't any of that now. I'll tell you that. It's like take it or leave it if you could find a car. So I think you'd have a, a much easier time selling it to whatever people would come in. If they can get it financed, I think your real problem would be the F&I office where they're trying to get that thing financed because it'd be really tough. But if you can get it through and one car potential 22, I don't know what the actual you know profit is on the sticker price of the car, but it's probably pretty good. And then the extra 5000 that's not bad. Salesmen got to be raking it in if they could actually get cars on the lot right now. That's going to change someday. That's going to change someday. I remember making $50 on a town car. Okay, so... uh 
But uh, that's not today. Town cars today would make more if they still sold them, which they don't. That salesman's probably pretty happy selling the few Bronco Sports that are sitting there. Because as soon as people come in, they just basically buy it or that's it. Cars don't sit around on lots anymore. And that's really something for a three-cylinder to either closing in on 45 would be 50. You know, sixty. You're looking at thousand dollars a month for that thing. Maybe you're eight hundred, eight fifty a month for that for a three cylinder car. That's really something. That's really something. Car companies are out asking the federal government to not end the federal uh, tax rebate on electric cars. So when a car company sells two hundred thousand electric full electric vehicles, they don't get the tax credit for that vehicle anymore. All right. So and that's two hundred thousand cumulative, no matter how long it takes them. And many of them have gotten to that point already, like Tesla, um, among others, Stellantis, right? They don't get the tax credit anymore because they've sold enough electric cars. They don't get it. And they're like, hey, we're we're really some we're really into these electric cars. So you need to continue to provide a tax credit. Look, there should never have been a tax credit for electric cars. Let the market figure out if electric cars are so great. And many people write to me, Mark, they're so great. I have this electric car and it's so great. Fine. Go buy an electric car. I don't care. But, uh, you know, there shouldn't be the government shouldn't be financing that. The Model X, which was probably the most ridiculous uh, show of this, got a $7,500 tax credit. Some of them are worth $100,000 sticker price. So you're going to finance, help to finance an electric car purchase for somebody who, look, let's be honest. If you can throw $100,000 on a car, you're probably doing better than the average person is. Okay, probably. Because, you know, you're looking at $2,000, your lease payment's probably $1,600 on something like that. So, a month, plus insurance and everything. So, you're probably doing all right. So, do you need a tax credit? No. And it doesn't matter if you need a tax credit. The government uh, doesn't have a right, in my opinion, according to my pocket constitution, to provide funding for vehicles. Okay? You have a right to travel, certainly. But you don't have a right for the government to provide the money for you to travel. So providing a tax credit doesn't matter if it's for a LEAF or a Model X or anything. It doesn't matter what the car costs. There's no reason for the government to fund it. Why don't they give you a tax credit for buying a car, period? People need to get around. How about they threw 7500 bucks down for any car? Boy, imagine how that would spur the industry. All right. Oh, speaking of money, as I just thought of this, right? Included in this um, tax holiday is maybe, maybe a gas card for people. I forgot to mention this earlier. And that just reminded me. So I'm just all over the place, of course, in this award-winning podcast. You may, may get a gas card up to $150 for gas in the form of a debit card from the federal government. Because we all know the way to reduce spending from the government is to give the money to the people. So, which is already their money. And that should certainly help inflation. But uh, you may get a gas card for that. Uh, I just want to throw that out there. But this EV tax credit has just always been ridiculous. It should never have happened. I don't know why anybody goes along with it. Other than they're getting kickbacks from the automotive industry. It's the only reason I could see to do it. Otherwise, it's stupid. Oh, we're going to take pe- pe- uh, money from people who make $40,000 a year and give it to somebody who's making $400,000 a year so that they can buy an electric car and drive around in it. That's just ridiculous completely ridiculous it's completely backwards you know they said i forget who said it right once the people realize they can vote themselves the largesse of others the uh, it's the end of the country and i don't know who that quote is from it's probably close to that quote but that is exactly what is happening here i read this story and i really couldn't believe it i thought 
is this really a thing? And it turns out it is, it is a thing. So as of right now, all three automakers, General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler in the United States are making masking optional. And I thought, are people still wearing masks? Do we? I thought we debunked all this garbage years ago. Uh, but that's cute that people still think that works. But um, so in mid-May, the three automakers and the United Auto Workers, which, you know, they must have garbage leaders there, uh, reinstated a requirement that employees wear masks. <laughs> I mean, really? So that they're still doing the 99 cent uh, for three mask thing. I think that does anything at all. It does nothing. Okay. I don't, you can write me all the angry letters you want. I don't care. It's garbage. It doesn't do any good. And it's ridiculous. It's just for show. Even Fauci said so. So even all you Fauciites, even he said so. And so they still recommend, strongly recommend masking. Okay. And, uh, but they, they're not going to mandate it anymore. I'm like the automaker said in March that they, uh, you know, could stop wearing masks, but then they reinstated it in May because there were some cases. I mean, come on, look folks. Okay. Can we get past this? Can you all on your side, just leave everybody else alone that understands anything about medical or any kind of anything that you're the mask, the hello kitty mask you bought at the counter of the, uh, so station where you also bought three year three day old sushi there okay that mask doesn't do any good all right and just wearing it around it's just for show it doesn't do anybody any good it's ridiculous so could you leave the rest of us alone go wear your little mask somewhere and uh just leave the rest of us alone because honestly we're sick of hearing about them now we go off to cedar run new jersey and let's be honest i don't have any idea where that is that's just what it said and we go to, you know, a cul-de-sac where people have rented out their cinder block basement apartment to this 59-year-old gentleman. All right. So let's remember that. And he's sitting down there thinking to himself, wow, I can't believe I'm 59 and live in a cinder block basement. What a great life I've had up to this point. So, of course... As you would, once Sally Jesse Raphael is over, he doesn't know what to do with himself during the day. So he says, you know what I should do? I think I'm going to go to the beach. Because what else would you do during the day after Sally's over, right? I mean, your stories aren't on yet, so you got to go do something. So he, of course, grabs the saran wrap and heads down to the beach. Where? A public beach. Right? I don't know if he takes the bus or if he gets a ride from a pal. So when he gets to the beach, he, of course, immediately disrobes completely and wraps himself in what police called a saran wrap bikini and proceeds to get himself some sun everywhere, literally, that the sun don't shine. Well... It turns out some horrified parents called the cops and they came out and quickly arrested him for a decent exposure and being a complete idiot. And he went to jail. Now, this is he's got a couple of felony charges. This is a series. You can't go walking around basically naked on the beach. That's not allowed. So uh, in a public beach. So that is a real problem. And who knows what else this person has done in their life living in that basement. 
But apparently there's another basement apartment available in New Jersey. Well, this guy cools his heels and probably has some more clothes on in jail and gets to eat another dry cheese sandwich that we all have to provide to him while he sits there and waits for his felony charges to come through the court system in the garbage state. So uh, that's just wonderful. I mean, there's been, there are many uses of saran wrap. This wouldn't be one of them. It also seems like it wouldn't be that cool. You know, it doesn't have a lot of give in it. I don't know. Maybe you're better off with aluminum foil because at least uh, Reynolds wrap will, you know, protect you from the sun where you don't want the sun to be hitting. But hey, what do I know about going out on a public beach in Reynolds wrap? Not a lot. <laughs> so uh, because uh, I don't go out on the beach in Reynolds wrap. This is the problem of why we are not living on Mars. We have people here that think it's okay to make a bikini out of saran wrap and go walk around on a beach. Meanwhile, the police then have to come out, and I don't know how they decide this. I hope they found his clothes. You know, who do they? which car does he get to go in? Okay, he, no, he sits in your car. No, where's the rookie? They go, where's the guy that just started last week? Let's go get him, put him in the back of his car. Then you got all that sand all over the place. I mean, there's just too many things to think about here, about this uh, 59-year-old gentleman on the beach in Saran Wrap with presumably families and whoever else decides to live in New Jersey. So that's just wonderful. And that's why I can't get to Mars because I got this goofball wrapping himself up in Saran Wrap. And they did say it was Saran Wrap and not some off-brand. You don't want to use that off-brand wrap when you're making a bikini. It just doesn't stick together. Everybody knows that. You got to use only the genuine. Again, accept no substitutes. Use only name brand products if you're making a bikini out of see-through plastic wrap. And so uh, that's uh, where we're going to end it today here on this planet. Unfortunately, not on Mars. It's going to be hot here again today. So may head, head outside with some saran wrap on myself as, uh, as I head out today. And there'll be uh, more of these podcasts coming in, more shows and videos on the YouTube. So check that out at Trucking Answers. Subscribe to this and uh, send me your uh, reasons why we're not on Mars. And maybe it'll be featured on the next uh, upcoming podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with more Trucking Answers.